Off on your right. Demon incoming. We should keep moving. What's the buck, guys? I like this. I like this. We're behind us. Three, two, one, go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of 5-Minute Respawn. Uh, we have a pretty straightforward cast and crew here tonight. You've got myself, Tyler. Scotty. I'm pretty sure Scotty's not straight. That might be an out for him. I'm Brain. Boop. Fair enough. So, uh, tonight we are going to jump into a fun little topic that we have. But before we get there, let's do our quick Would You Rather. So, gents, uh, I think we've both played it both ways. As a human player, would you rather have zombies that are on short and individualized internal stun timers, or would you have them on the, like, five-minute wave respawn timers? Rolling respawns. Way easier to keep track of. I am Brain. so down the middle. I think that, like... This is as like, a human. My... my my cocky asshole brain, which is not my human that one safe brain, says individual. Here the moment gun to my head, I'm gonna say rolling. However, I do sort of miss, like, I have an affection for internal stun timers, like, whenever I see them. And as long as you're not being too asshole-ish about it, like, I usually don't have a problem. True. And also, so... if the short, if the internal timer is short enough that you just, like, know, like, like, at the Penn State opening mission that was socks only in five second respawns and there were boomers, you just kind of knew that everything was a tank and you just kind of played around that. And it it sucked, but like the fear of an internal timer was no longer there. True. Yeah, normally when I think of the internal timers, uh, they're usually 30 seconds to a minute long internal yeah. stuns. Um, that, the five second thing, I, I wasn't there for that, but I can only imagine the chaos. Um, and for me on this so. one, like, I was born and raised on the rolling respawns, so that's my comfort zone. I do think, though, that, like, if I take the time to think about it, the one advantage is that with the internal timers, if you just stun them all in, like, a dose, like, a you know, a, around the circle sort of thing, then the zombies never really get the chance to build up the big charge moment, because at least half of them are usually always stunned. Oh, Whereas absolutely. with the rolling respawns, if they're smart zombies... They'll all charge you right before the timer's up, and then they'll all charge you again right afterwards. So I think I would rather take on multiple 1v1s as opposed to taking on wave charges every so often. Yeah, I guess I, I could really go either way, but but that's I'll, I'll take the wave respawns as my official answer, but I see the merit to the internal stun timers. I think another point here is, oddly enough, why I love how this is becoming as long of a topic as it is, um, <laughs> and the and the idea is gone. Oh wait, there we go. Um, zombies can more self-regulate when they're on internal timers, whereas if you're trying to keep up with that horde and do all those charges all the time, because now what game devs are doing is like, all right, here's your thirty-second boom, and you're also spawning on the twos, and so. You're hauling ass every damn near minute, and that's fucking exhausting after a while. Whereas, like, if I know that I have just, like, an internal timer and the mods are planning around that, and so they make it, like, at New Paltz, like, you were never safe in a spot. Like, you had to keep moving and keep stun locking. And so as long as mods design around that well, like... Like, I think it was, like, you spawn off a light post, but then you also had an internal timer for 
one of the new Pulse missions. And so they dragged us through where there were a bunch of light posts. And so you were always in this zone of fuck that you could navigate through, but it wasn't easy. No, yeah, I, 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 I had a new Pulse game where there was a few situations just like that where it was basically us walking through a gauntlet of stunlocked zombies and you just didn't know when their stunlock was going to be off, so you just had to shoot everything that was, that was near you. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll put that up on social media like we always do. Let us know what you guys think at home, and we'll see if you agree with us or disagree with us. Uh, so let's move ahead to our main topic for the night, FUBAR missions. FUBAR, fucked up beyond all recognition. Or, uh, as Scotty called it, what was your word for it? Uh, the other military term is snafu. Situation normal. All fucked up. Yeah. Sometimes you're just in a mission, for YSU it was usually Thursday night, where you start the mission, you have a plan, and then God laughs at your plan, and everything just goes to hell, and it's just a fight to survive and fuck the objective or whatever. And so, it's, it's usually a very steep decline from, hey, we can do this, to, wow, a lot of people are fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what we're getting into tonight. Missions we've been a part of that have just gone completely tits up and how we felt about that. So who wants to go first? Who's got a good example? Uh, I have actually one where in my notes it literally says FUBAR at the end of them. It was my second game, the one with the original Time Machine mission in it, and it was a few days after that, the Thursday night mission, which came to be known as the infamous Lennon Cat mission. It was all up on the green, and the humans were tasked with finding 10 or 12 pieces of paper that when you put them together, it would form the image of the Lenin cat meme, because the theme was Russians, I guess. And keep in mind, this was one of the games where it was 450, 550 people playing. So the horde was huge. And I still remember very clearly walking up, on, uh, walking up to Cutler, and seeing all of this horde just pour around the building from both sides. And there's this, like, tense, almost cinematic moment where, like, both sides are just staring each other down, waiting for someone to make the first move. And then someone fired off a blaster, and it all just went crazy. We found probably three of these stupid Lenin cat papers, and we're just being hounded from every corner of the green, trying to stay in, like, a turtle formation. Eventually... Most of the humans say, this is an unwinnable mission. We cannot do this. We are fucked. We're leaving. So they took uh, the one Jeff Hill, uh, we, me, my team, and like probably a good 75% of the human group just fucked off. We're like, nope, we're not doing this. This is ridiculous. So we bailed down Jeff Hill. What apparently happened immediately after that was a zombie went up onto those uh, metal catwalk steps. Uh, on on Memod Blackburn, and waited there until humans came by, and it happened to be Rico, and then the zombie crash tackled Rico in for like into the metal banister of the staircase, almost mm. gave him a concussion. So the mods mm -hmm. had to call game game stop. All right, and then uh, the story picks up from DJ's perspective because he was telling me this later in the night when we ran we, we ran back into him apparently you know there was a the dispute of the zombie tackling them and then they tried to get gameplay to go again and then the zombie like tackled rico again <laughs> and so they had to like remove him from the game 
And Rico's dazed, you know, he's like, all right, whatever, I'm debanding, I'm going to walk off. And at that point, it's DJ, Zazie, and maybe six or seven other humans that are still milling around with about 200 to 250 zombies just on the green, all milling about on game pause. Some are picking up darts, whatever. And so Matt Simonetti, a mod, comes over and he's talking with the other mods and they're like, all right, well, what do we do now? And Simonetti looks around, pulls out a whistle, beep, blows it, and says, game on. And according to DJ, <laughs> every single zombie just turned and looked at him. And so me asking him later on, well, how did you get out of here? I see that you're still banded up. You're alive. And he just turned around both of his, his stampede and his uh, long strike, his like amped up long strike, each with 35 drums in them. And they're both just empty. Right. <laughs> and then Zazie apparently just flourished in this environment uh, because one of my other teammates, Robin, called him up. And I remember hearing him over the phone. She put him on speaker where... She's asking me, like, all right, you know, we're thinking about getting some food. That mission was crazy. Where are you at? And he's like, oh, I'm up on the green. And we're like, what do you mean you're up on the green? We all bail. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm up on the green. Uh, there's, like, 15 zombies just sort of walking behind me. And apparently he just had his raider over his shoulder pointed at them while his other hand is with is on his phone. Just, what the shit, guys? Yeah, it, it very much went tits up very, very quickly. And all for a mission that would have had no consequence whatsoever. We were literally just finding things of Lennon Cat. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it. Brain, do you have one? Yeah, I'll, say, I'll stop eating for a bit. Um, so, my sophomore year, uh, my spring semester, and I actually have like a really nice swanky photo of me running up along a thing as Deadpool. Because um, I was... I know that yeah. Um, so... I am going to blame, as a mod and game dev, I'm going to blame myself here because I think that in this case, it was very much a problem of moderation and oversight because the way that a lot of clubs dissolve into the in crowd goes to the invites, becomes the officer and mod core. And then when you try and explain things to your players, they're like, what the fuck is this? And so we tried to do a tank rodeo and here's our lack of mod oversight because we'd only experienced tanks at YSU once or twice, if that. Um, we tried to do a tank rodeo in um, a place called Shenley Plaza. And for those of you who may know what that is, that's an outdoor dining area right near an actual open field. Were we in the open field? No, we were like in the middle of the chairs. And so we were expecting players to guide tanks and so baiting tanks because, you know, um, the bet. Only, you know, the fearless... Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so they were trying to escort four tanks, like, through a plaza with a bunch of people in it, non-players. And I think we were also planning on trying to escort them across one of the main streets. It was bad. It was all very bad. We should not have done 90% of that mission. We didn't do 90% of that mission because it was fucked up so bad. Um... I think I died there because I just I my I had to go into mod brain for a little bit, but after my one little side quest that I did, um I just my brain turned out, I skirmished a little bit, and then some kid just popped up and tagged me and I was like, I guess that's that. It's just 
like nothing it, it was just bad it was a bad time he tell your players and your mods how to play a special properly and know where they are best utilized and where you really should not have them that's true that's true knowing how to play a special is an important part of being a moderator um and a good part of game dev is knowing where you should not put specials that's true we once gave this this isn't like uh my foobar story but it's it's calling back to um the scp invitational we learned a very valuable lesson don't let the horde decide where to put their own boomer (laughs) you will figure out the deadliest place to do it both for the game and for real life and it'll be awesome but it'll be horrifying wait i was there where was this it was during SCP. It was during the mission before final, and the ho- the humans were supposed to go down the YSU tarp alley between DeBartlow and the rec center. Oh yeah, of course. And the zombies, the zombies hid their boomer like behind the corner back there. So as the humans started their approach, the boomer went off about ten feet in front of the the lead human element, <laughs> and it resulted in a whirlwind of death that. When the charge was over, I think the mods blew whistles and just said freeze, like game pause. No one was hurt or anything. But we looked around and we said, is anybody still alive? And I think there were like five or six hands that went up. And we said, cool, we're going to call the mission there. We're going to blow the whistle for game on. Humans get 15 second head start to get your ass inside. And then the zombies will be active too. And I think all the humans were inside after about six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. Shout out um, to my friends at Pit who are you know still alive then. That's true. Uh, I, I know like Purple Ninja survived that that charge. Jesus, somebody else did. Um, yeah, that was a that was a wild one. So, oh, I've been sitting here racking my brain. I don't know exactly which much. There, there's probably several Fubar stories. From might be a little bit of an overestimate, but let's go with it. It sounds good. Um, and we knew that the mods had thrown out several specials. So it was Thursday. I knew there was at least two photophobes, and there may have been a tank out and about fucking shit up. Um, and I was with, I don't think it was like uh, a I showed after the mission, because I had had work for most of the week, and then I was going to play it the Friday. But I remember, I remember six hearing- different points to do a thing and casualties. Um, my team was play for sure. Emmett, Isaac, this sounds right, like the people who might have been there, caught our breath because we had just been running and had just like scouts out and about. So I crouched down in this corner, I pulled out my phone, and for the first time that week long, I opened the mod chat just to send them a message and say, hey guys, I'm not looking at your mod chat, I'm not like trying to spoil anything, I just want to let you know, I'm alive, I'm with a couple other humans, I'm not telling you who, I'm not telling you where we are, but we are still playing this mission. Uh, don't think that we've abandoned yet or anything. Like, we're, we're out here. We're trying. And a couple of them laughed and were like, haha, good luck. Keep going. You know, thanks for letting us know. So I put my phone away, and we kind of just were slinking up and down Lincoln Avenue there, like, on the sidewalk, um, looking for a way that we could try to break back into Campus Core to, uh, to keep finding the MacGuffins. And every time we poked our head around one of the buildings, we would see a handful of zombies up the way with like a special or a boomer or something that was blocking our path. So we kind of just went up and down a few times. And then on the opposite corner from M2 of Lincoln and Wick Avenue, where there's that big building that kind of looks like a castle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We were kind of near that. 
and we almost walked face first into a chunk of the horde and like some photophobes or something. Mm. So we popped them real quick and turned around and started running again. Um, some of our team might have died. Uh, I just remember at one point after a little while, I ended up standing just outside the planetarium at Ward Beecher with two or three other humans that were there. And we were kind of huddled down by this wall there. And I think we were looking at each other like, is this it? Like, are we are we calling this boned? Like, are we giving up here? And I put my hand on a door and I checked it like I knew it would open. Going inside a building at YSU is like one of the universal signs for abandoning a mission. Um, so I had my hand on this door when somebody, it might have been Glasgow, came out from around a corner and was like, wait, 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 wait. Don't abandon the mission. We're going to make it easier. We're, we're going to say fuck it to the rest of the MacGuffins. If you guys, and we're going to say fuck it to the hold mission. If you guys can just get from here and get inside the the fountain picnic area, like if you can get onto the bricks, we'll call that a safe zone. You just have to cross the finish line and we'll we'll call it good. And so then we looked at each other again and we were like, all right, fuck it, we'll try. So we we took our hands off the door, slinked up and down Lincoln Avenue a little bit longer, finally decided to go up between Mosier and Kushwa, like underneath the, the overhead bridge there. Yep. Um we we didn't see any zombies at first, so we stuck to the walls, kind of crouched in the shadow. Luckily, YSU is not a very well lit campus at nighttime, <laughs> um, especially if you're off the sidewalks. So we avoided sidewalks and lights as much as we could. We made it to the one of the hills in Campus Core, and then the horde was by the Howard Jones statue. So like the safe zone was between us and the horde. So it was basically we just we didn't have to fight. We could have just gotten into a foot race and tried to beat them across the finish line. Um, so we took off running, like trying to be quiet. And some scout zombies saw us moving by about the time we were passing the rock, and the whole horde came charging at us. And I know like Emmett and Lisa and a couple other people got down inside the safe zone before me. Isaac and I were like towards the rear, um, and we were moving kind of slow. And I remember out of the darkness, I just see a dodgeball come flying and punch Isaac in the chest. <laughs> and he, like, stops in his tracks. I go, like, three more steps before I realize what happened. Turn around. I looked at him as he's going down on the knee. The nearest zombies are about five feet away at this point. And I just said, sorry, bud. And I dipped down inside the safe zone. And oh, I, left oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, I can't get back to you. And I don't really care at this point. I'm just trying to get out of here. So I left him behind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that mission probably took like 75 that was one of those we are trying to make sure there's still a final stand tomorrow type missions yeah that's that tends to be the running theme of uh of foobar missions um yeah i have another one uh it's from my first bg game back in fall 2013 this was the one where the one where people infamously hit under cars yeah. So it was mission three. It's dark. I'm rolling around with Rico, some other Athens people, uh, and we're just herping and derping. And then, you know, because we, we didn't really care about the mission or like didn't really understand its mechanics. And there were others out who were going to be able to, to perform it anyway. So we we're just going out to have fun. And we're milling around in their little green area that has that like artistic clock tower. And then suddenly there's zombies fucking everywhere. Just. <laughs> everywhere anywhere we turned around every corner around every little pillar 
zombies. And they're all set with two-minute respawns internal at the time. Along with, uh, there were special zombies. They were like time warp zombies or temporal zombies or something where their spawns were cut in half. (laughs) And then they all just start hounding us and just hunting us all around this green area, all around the buildings. And I mean, at the time, I kind of tried to keep track of it. But for those first 20 minutes, we probably killed about 250 to 300 zombies between all the respawns in 20 minutes. It was relentless. And it wasn't even a part of the mission. They just, like, happened to find us, and we happened to be there. And, you know, in the midst of them uh, following us around and just constantly uh, pestering us with attacks, um, the group got scattered. And my group was the one where people kept getting tackled by zombies, but the mods at the time would not listen to us or call the game or call a pause or address it in any way. Just like, oh, someone got fucking tackled. Cool. And then we regrouped and then someone else got tackled and we started getting really sick of it. And we backed up onto these stairs. Now stairs are a no play zone, but like we were physically pushed onto the stairs. It's not like we had anywhere else to go. So we just stood on them and benefited from them not being in a play zone. Well, the mods didn't like that either. (laughs) So they got right up in our faces and there was screaming at the players. You need to get off of here now or you're all going or you're uh, you're all dead or we're going to ban you from the game. So finally, like we managed to convince them to give us a 10 second head start. And I just remember like up until that point, I had never been more winded in my life than from the start of that 10 seconds and that would have been at the south end of campus near their main street. And we started there. 10 seconds elapse. We're still running. We're running through that main big parking lot that we always park in. Uh, a time warp zombie gets me, so I hand him a, an antidote that I had thankfully found. And I, like, exfil myself from the situation. But they're still surrounding us. They're just constantly on top of us. And there was another instance, like, we crossed that road that parallels the graveyard and we're skirting around the the side of the graveyard towards the back of it when i realized people are dying in my midst even though like we've gotten a brief breather from the zombies that's because there's a girl a female zombie hanging out in the middle of the human horde and just tagging people whenever she respawned and i literally Uh, like uh. got up in her face and started screaming at her that like you need to be 30 feet away what are you like? Stop being an asshole. Stop it. And she just like smiled at me and kept doing it. And I had to like yell at players. Don't take that tag. That's not a legal tag. She can't do that. Uh, so anyways, my portion of it ended when me and Rico went side to side uh, to try and buy the few remaining humans a chance to escape at the back ass end of the graveyard. And I just remember getting swarmed and that like, Rico took the left Rico took most of the left half. I took all of the right half and one zombie got him and a zombie that I had shot already got me. And I just was so exhausted and frustrated that I just said, you know what? All right, fine. I'm fucking dead. Rico pops his antidote and then he runs away after the rest of the humans. I found out later the only reason that him and a couple others survived was because they literally hid under trucks in a parking lot until the horde passed by. Jesus. That was the first and one of very few games that I rage quit. I said, nope, nope. If this is how the mods are going to act, 
and how the zombies are going to act, I don't want to play here. Now, thankfully, it was not indicative of the overall culture of the game, but that was a bad first impression. That was the same game that I always get upset about because right after that mission with the zombies, with all the momentum on their side and steamrolling and like to your point, like, you know, even getting over aggressive and like overdoing it because I was I died in that mission and also played zombie the second half of it. They turned around and for final stand gave the humans like the easiest hold mission of all time and just walked them to victory. And yeah, the the humans, I, I heard the humans had won like by the time I had gotten home. Because surprisingly, when you looked at the numbers at the end of the mission you're describing, we were like, oh, we've got this. Final Stand came around and, oh boy, look at all the humans who came out of the woodwork for Final Stand. Mm-hmm. It's almost like well, we didn't kill anybody last mission. That was because, most, that was because Red Team was all up at the bars. Yeah, It was more than like just how that. how BG goes. Like, the tryhard group goes, nah, we're going to get drunk first and then do Final. Yeah. Okay, uh, Breen, you're up again. Do you have another bar? Oh, geez. I mean, the one at Pit was the only one that I ever, like, remember that, like, shit just was wrong. Um, Either through our own little Ohio echo chamber or whatever going right um, and just learning off of each other. I've been blessed to have not experienced that much in my brief compared to you guys' time playing. Um, I know that... uh, End War Mission 3 and 4, for their own various reasons, became kind of foobar. That's accurate. I was actually thinking about those. Specifically Mission 3, the the Siege Engine mission. I mean, I think both of them work, but like, you know, as we say often, we are the reason that 3 fucked up, and the players are the reason that 4 fucked up. Not even all the players. It was that one group is the yeah. reason that 4 got fucked up. Um, which is such a tragedy, because it could have been so cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we screwed up three, and we can own that. Yeah, this is a good time. Mathematically impossible missions. So, which reminds me, oh, yeah, we, we kind of talked about it, but mission the Saturday mission one of Robiat Union. Yeah. Jeez, wow. Yep. I we still don't that. recall all of the details about it, but uh, yeah, I, I still clearly remember doing the math and being like, this is unwinnable. Let's go get food. Yeah, we we sat, but like we didn't realize it fast enough. We played it for like thirty minutes, watched a bunch of people die, and then we were like, "Okay, let's reassess here. What is our objective? How do we have to do it? What do we need to do to do the thing?" And we like looked at it. We did the math in our heads, and we were like, "Wait, that's not possible." It wasn't wasn't even a matter of like like the humans clearly could have done all of it. Like that was fine. The problem was, at least as it was described to me, and as y'all who maybe pay more attention than I do when I'm editing, um, like, if the zombies, if a ball left whatever containment and was on the ground, it was not, it was now dead. This was the buckets mission, and you had to move balls and put them into cores or whatever. Right. And if the ball was just on the ground, it was just dead. And so... It was either communicated to the zombies or they figured it out and no one was told no, or that was explicitly what they were supposed to do, that they could just kick the bucket over and then that objective is lost to humans. And so, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a matter of could the humans do it, I guess, like, uh, unless you look at it from the perspective of could humans get all their balls to a place and then defend that for long enough. And when one of the buckets was right by a brood mom, like, no, that wasn't happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Uh, so what's your next one, Tyler? Um, so 
it's a little bit of a it's it, slightly different twist. Um, but there was another Thursday night YSU mission. Um, that went. It, this was the first one I think that went completely like almost the standard of Thursday night YSU missions. Um, the first one was or sorry, not the first one. Um, this was the '80s game, the the '80s action movie, um, cop buddy comedy thing. I don't know. Like it, it was a whole bunch of themes. Um, but I was playing a character called Slambo during the Wednesday mission. Yeah. And then I died at the end of that mission in character. Um, and then like for thematic reasons or something, I was resurrected by the horde and came back as um there was a goofy name for it. Zombie Slambo, whatever it was. Um and I had the it was like a one time special that we tried out that just had like these sort of weird powers. I don't remember exactly what I could do. Um I do remember what happened was Mike Thomas was leading was the human mod and he was leading the humans around. Um and the like happens on Thursday night missions, as I said before. They took one too many big charges that kind of broke them up, and they they started to run and like try to hide and lose the horde. And then at some point, I think my thing was like I was bait my vision, like I, I only went after whoever was being aggro or moving too much or something like that. So you had to like try to be still around me. Cause I remember I as I was off doing my own slam zombie slambo thing, I just happened to find where the humans had all huddled up and they saw me and they just froze in place because they were on the back side of the rec center at the end of Tarp Alley. Um and they were mm-hmm. like huddled up underneath that like underneath the archway there, uh like on the curve of that building. And so I was like, I saw them and I just decided to fuck with them. So I like walked through the line really slowly. And I like, I remember Aaron Steiner was there and I like got in his face and pretended to like sniff him. Like I was trying to find where they were. And I was like growling and making all these, I was just being very thematic and in character about it. And I just kind of slowly walked through the human line, but they stood frozen perfectly still. So I didn't do anything. I just walked off and like disappeared around the corner. And then a few minutes later, Mike Thomas messages the the mod group chat and goes, "Humans are too scared. I think they just quit the mission." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, whoops. Okay, let's all go to the bar." So and you was, didn't was, even have to screech at them. I didn't have to screech. I, like they they saw a bunch of their friends die, and then I came around the corner as a horrifying special and got all weird, and they didn't like it, and they were like, "We're done. We don't want to die." And yeah, they bailed on that one. Um, that one was through bar. Oh, I do remember one. Um, Brain and I just went through this one together. Uh, mission oh, three, mission three at GCC. Uh, that that was food bar. What parts of it? The pressure plates. I wasn't on the pressure plates, man. But I trust you. I well, I know. So so uh, we we just talked about this one in our in our live recap. So if you've listened to that one, you might be familiar. If not, go check that out when this is done. But mission three of Grove City College this past or two weekends ago now, um, their spring game. Correct. To the to their credit, missions one and two were not very deadly, and I yeah. think the goal here was the moderators were trying to uh, kick up the intensity and get some action yeah. going, and they did. They sure did. Oh boy, did they! Um, step one was zombies were on thirty second stun timers. Step two, thirty second rolling. 
30 second rolling stun timers. Step two was there was a boomer who would go off for 60 seconds every time he got hit. Uh, yeah. Step- also, we never knew that what their timer was. They always counted up. Yeah, that's true. I've Ooh, I eventually figured crap. out that it was just 60 seconds every time. That's um, fair. Step three, there was a new special introduced that they called a something. The sock special brain. Banshee. The Banshee, who was uh, he he moved and acted like a normal zombie. Um, he could only be taken out with small caliber ammo, so rival, yep. elite, and half length and socks. Um, no, not socks. Well, not socks. Not socks. socks. No, um, might he might have taken the hits from socks. I don't know, but he could. Let's let's stick with rival yeah. and full lengths and half lengths. Um, and he he had his own sock bombs that he could throw at you to kill you. Yeah. Um. So. There was that, and then there was the charger zombie who just put himself, he would just run in a straight line and kill everything in that path. And then you had to stun him after the charger's over. And then the third one was... um, Volatiles. Volatiles, which were socks and megas only. So that's... It was. Now, like, luckily volatile zombies were wearing yellow headbands, and whenever they activated and started charging, they would scream... Volatile, 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 volatile. So you were aware, like, oh, thank you for telling me that I need to sock you. Yeah. The next Oddly part, enough, though, on um, on Friday night, pre- small precursor, there was a special who was saying tank, 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 but they were acting like a volatile, and so like Xavier asked a mod, I asked Mike, I think I asked another mod because I was like, uh, that's not a tank. What she's doing is volatile shit. And they're like, yeah, but they're saying it's a tank. And I'm like, oh, I know they're saying that, but that's not what that is. But that was actually rectified. So, again, further shout-outs to GCC mods for correcting that. Yeah. So that's just the chemical makeup of the horde we were dealing with. Yeah. Um, going into the mission, we were told from the get-go that to start, there were two simultaneous holds. The one bigger hold was in the larger part of their big camp, what I, like what I would refer to as their campus core, because it's similar to like the YSU version of it. It's a big, open, square, rectangle field. Yeah. Um, they put out 20 pressure plates that had to be held simultaneously, so like one person on every plate, and it had to be held for 10 minutes. And if a single human stepped off of one plate, uh, the timer reset to zero, and you had to start over again. And then the other team had to defend Willa, the whole mission, I guess. They had to like sit on her yeah. and keep her alive the entire time. So our plan was simple from the start. Small team, like 10 or so, we're going to go defend Willa, which ended up being Brohio Troit. Um, <laughs> everybody else, which was like 36 people, were assigned to the pressure plates. So that's 20 people, 20 plates, and then an extra 16 to fill the gaps in between and protect the humans that were on the plates. And these 16 were also designated like flex people, like because we could see each side could see the other as it was happening. Not that the pressure plate people needed to look at us, but like we could see how the pressure plate shit was going on. And so if the zombies said, eh, let's kill the small group and try and get Willow, which honestly I think could have been a wiser strategy for the zombies if they knew to do it right. Um, uh, again, my train of thought is gone. Um, yeah, the other 16 were meant to be able to flex off of the hold that pressure plate hold and come to our hold if they need to. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening was about five minutes into the mission when we realized that Willa was really only in danger from like the one or two specials over there. And I couldn't even fight the special because I only 
or yeah, the one of the specials I couldn't I could only dodge anyways. Um, and we realized right away that the pressure plates were getting hounded. So Cody made the call that we were going to send even more people from the smaller team over to the pressure plates. So that's when Cody, myself, and Buff wandered across the field to go help them. Okay. And oh boy, the pressure plates themselves were like 15 feet apart from each other. So that forced the humans to be super spread out. Um, yep. And the zombies basically just had to pick one plate at a time to charge on like a boomer. Like they would lead with the volatiles like two or three at a time and then put okay. the horde with like shields and noodles behind that. Whoa. And like, they just that's... would they just rained over top of a plate. So like every time they stunned or like they, they uh, spawned and charged, they would pick a plate and they would get two or three kills. Then the yeah, other yeah. humans would, would jump in and try to like put down the horde. The horde would back up. They would respawn. They would lead with the volatiles and come in to clean up with shields and noodles. And they would take out another plate. Um, two or three kills every time. And this was happening every 60 seconds. So, like, we tried picking them off at a distance before they could get a wall going, but ultimately we were, and they, what ended up happening was, I think a couple plates got killed, so the humans stepped off, so the timer, which was at, like, four minutes, reset to zero, and we started again. But now we were down to, like, 20 people on plates, and now there were only, like, five people not on a plate jumping around Ooh. and trying to protect the other ones. Um then the charges came again, and then more plates got wiped out. Then Mike was like, I'm going to pull away a couple plates. Let's drop it down to like 15 plates. We're like, okay, let's try that. And then we had to start the timer again from zero. Then like two more plates got wiped out. Ooh. And we're like, uh, this isn't doable. And then Mike was like, he picked up all the plates or something and like called a quick pause and was like, wow. In character, due to technical difficulties with the computer, this hold mission is already done or something. You hacked past it. We're going to move on to part two. And we were like, <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. And that's when we took off. But by this point, the horde had just, like, doubled almost. Like, it, it was suddenly very bad. And that's when the hounding began um, as we tried to, like, we, we started retreating across the green. And then your little team saw us coming with the horde following and you guys had to be like, please don't walk the zombies right into us. Um, yeah. So we had to start calling out for like myself and Bailey and a couple people started drifting to the right and we tried getting the rest of the humans to be like, guys, come this way. Don't lead them towards Willa. And what pursued at that point, it worked. So like we, we took off and led the zombies across the street and started looking for the ingredients. And what proceeded was like one of the most fucked up death marches I've ever been on. Um, like just in the field, the first field we hit trying to find the first objective, like three or four more people died, including Bailey. Then we finally found the first objective, which had to be a five minute hold. So yep. we sat there with a boomer about 10 feet in front of us, just basically auto booming this entire hold, draining Ooh. our ammo. Ooh. Then after we got the thing, the humans started running and the boomer ran up our ass, boomed inside the human squad. <laughs> As we were trying to escape through a construction zone, um, that's where I twisted my ankle, survived it, and then I was like, yeah, I need a minute. Like, I, th this is getting a little bit dumb. So I, like, hobbled back to the briefing room, got inside, sat down for a minute, drank some water, stretched my ankle because it was fucking hurting. Um, and then I missed, like, I got back outside with that other dude who was with me, but we, we spent the rest of that mission just trying to figure out a way to get back to the humans without having to walk through the horde to do it. Yeah. And we never could regroup. Uh, so yeah, that was just like, 
it started out with super overcompensated specials, a whole bunch of of respawns and respawns and respawns, super bloody death march, and then it finally mercifully came to an end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, 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 I would call that one Fubar. That's mission three. I'm trying. Would you call mission four Fubar or like because I think that one went pretty exactly as planned. Yeah, mission four wasn't Fubar. It was just intense. And that was like. The one annoying, yeah, the one hiccup from four was like there was one dude who like got upset because he couldn't dive the plate because our mag reloading station was right there, which like technically we put it there. That's kind of our responsibility. Like, thank you for caring about our shit. But like, you know, just hop over and tech the plate. Yeah, no. Yeah, I I think three firmly lands in the category of FUBAR. Um, Four was just uh, it was a well-designed and stressful mission. Yeah. So I have one um, that was definitely FUBAR to like completely uh, and fully. It was the YSU Summer Invite of 15, the prison game. So yeah, yeah, the penultimate mission um, was set before final. And we touched on it in our weather episode, but this was a hot game. The more I think about it, it was a just oppressively hot game and add that or add like just running across an entire campus to the mix and suddenly you have people passing out from dehydration well we started at alumni circle with a stalker you know just accompanying us the entire time and at first it was kind of amusing watching people you know react to the stalker where he would ask Hey, what's that? Uh, what's that blast you got? And someone would be like, "Oh, it's the new." Oh shit! I have to like run around, run laps around the human group to to until the stalker gave up on him. Well, things rapidly declined, uh, starting at alumni, where we just kept getting hounded and surrounded and pounded, uh, just left, right, and center. And we right, we uh, we ended up uh, being forced all the way around the east edge of campus down to Lincoln and the only real clear memory between all of the bodies flying everywhere was the, it was me and the last nine other people and we were we tried to come up under the uh, Moser Kushwa bridge and we ended up just getting cornered there like there were zombies behind us there were zombies in front of us and I still remember Darren the stalker whispering horrible things in my ear and telling me that oh you're running low on your mag's running low scotty you better check it and thinking well fuck now i can't look at my mag as <laughs> even more as the horde is descending upon me i'm pretty sure i was the last human at that like for a few seconds there and then finally died isaac had been alive up until that point but he tried to lure the zombies away by running around kushwa and coming up the, like the back behind us again in like 93 degree heat in the middle of like sun, you know, beating down. And so once we realized everyone was dead, including him, I remember he like ripped his shirt off and just flopped down on his back. And we were like, (laughs) we need to get him water now. Yeah. 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 And we were all dead. And I remember Tyler, you were like, all right, well, uh, we still don't have a final stand. So here's your three options for the final. I'm going to describe them and you guys can vote. Yeah. So real quick, I, I just wanted to interject with two two quick things about that story because that was funny. The premise of that game was I was it was our summer game, which was usually our trial run for like new things we wanted to try out because we didn't take it that seriously. Um, and for that one, what we did was at the start of each mission, or maybe at the end of each prior mission, I don't remember. 
the humans had three NPCs who would present an option for how to accomplish the goal of the next mission. So, like, if the goal was something like, we need to turn the electricity back on, the first NPC would say, we should do it this way. And the next one would say, we should do it this way. And the third one would say, we should do it this way. And then the humans picked which one they wanted to listen to. So, three missions in a final, there were actually three missions written for each mission slot. So, we wrote nine, no, we wrote 12 missions for that game, but we only ran four of them. And the idea was, um, it wasn't always super clear, but generally speaking, there was always a right answer, a harder answer, and the you fucked up answer. And yeah. the first two missions of that game, the humans picked the right answer. And like yeah. it, they, you know, they, they, some of them died, but they got through it. All of a sudden, for the penultimate mission, the humans picked the you fucked up answer um, and had to go through the hardest possible course for that mission, which is why they all died. And that is also the only time that YSU has ever wiped early. Um, secondly, as you alluded to, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in HVZ, or at least up until that point, uh, at the beginning of that mission, when you guys were all in alumni circle, there was a point where the zombies came out and charged through both openings of alumni circle. Um, and like, I remember of, you telling me about this after it happened and me being like, yeah, that I didn't even realize it. Yep. They started like figure eighting through the humans inside the circle. And without saying anything, I st- like standing on the side as a mod, I watched as you and Isaac just went butt to butt and rotated around each other in a 360, just shooting zombies in every direction. It was a very much like an army of two moment. Um, and it was just really funny to watch. And then after it was done, Isaac looked around at all the stunned zombies. I handed him whatever the objective was, and I said, run. And he just took off with whoever was following him. Yep, yeah. And it was totally unplanned, too. Like, I didn't even, I really wish it got on video, because neither him nor I even realized that we had done that. It was just yep. instinct. Yeah, it, it lives, I think, only in my memory now. So, oh, lucky me. Lucky you. Yeah. Um, I have another one uh, that I, I, I've remembered. Uh, it was a midweek game in Athens Fall 2015. It was Team Fortress 2 themed. And midweeks are typically foobar by nature because they're the middle of the game, midweek, and they have to whittle down the numbers and, you know, correct that balance so that it's more in favor of the zombies for the remainder of the game. Well, we uh, we all grouped up, and then we headed down through Nelson Garages, pushed through there. We're dealing with uh, Wraiths and or Wraith Boomer combinations, Wraith Tank combinations. I got Wraith like three or four times over the course of this mission. Uh, and this was the one where Darren, Isaac, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Wendigo uh, came down. Brandon. Yeah, Brandon came down for like just this day and maybe the ne- maybe part of the next day. Well, we had to enter the uh, facility, as it was called, which was the newer greens, through an elevator. And this elevator was like the raised concrete pad outside of one of the, the entrances to the, the dorm building itself. And so that's how we entered it. And therefore, that's how we had to exit it. However, I had forgotten that after plowing through like, two and a half courtyards and just going around buildings and just so many people coming out of the dark on either side and just chaos everywhere that I forgot we had to be on the pad of the elevator in order to get out safely. So praise be to Darren who remembered this because we had to hold while we quote waited for the elevator to come down and get us. 
And at the last second, like I'm out in front, you know, taunting the zombies, trying to pick off any who get any who get closer to us because we're trying, you know, I'm trying to pr- uh, preserve the hold. And uh, thankfully, like I had stepped near the the raised platform, and Darren just yanks me onto it and like glares at me. I'm like, what? He's like, you're going to fucking die. Stay here. <laughs> and of course, of course, um, the elevator took us. So we were safely removed from the facility and put out outside of that newer uh, dorm area. And then all we hear is just screams and then the clack, clack, clack of blasters and woo, 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 and everyone who was left behind had died. Once you cut yeah. our forces in half, like they were dead. It was it was over. So thanks, Darren. Dang. Yeah. Um, my last one, I think I covered this in Glorious Deaths too, but it was also a FUBAR mission. There was a Athens game. Isaac and I came down for just the weekend turn. I think you might have still been there, Scotty. Yeah. Um, same thing happened. I was right behind you when this happened. Yep. Uh, hard mission. We were just getting pounded. And then we reached the staircase to walk up into West Green. And as Isaac and I hit the bottom of the stairs, we looked at each other. And he goes, you know this is a trap, right? I was like, yep, sure do. So what do you want to do? It's like, eh, spring the trap. So we walked up the stairs, and sure enough, like four or five noodles came flying over the side. Horde came off the ramp. Like we ran out into the green and tried to take out as many as we could. We died. Um, I remember though that like this was a that happened about an hour into the mission with very little ammo left. And after Isaac and I died, and I think you died too, there, Scotty. A yep. lot of people started dying, and just as we banded up to turn zombie. And we're like, all right, let's go kill some humans. Tanner had to run in after like another big charge came through and killed a bunch of people. And he was like, no, 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 no. That last charge didn't count. If you just got tagged, don't take it. We're calling the mission over. Everybody go home. There's too many people dying. Ooh. Like, yeah, that counts as foobar, I guess. Like when you're just That's... saying, like, nope, no more tagging. Go home. That is definitely a foobar. So I think that's all I've got. Does anybody else have any pressing last minute ones they want to squeeze in there? Yeah, I have a few. Just let me finish checking my notes in case I've got any others. Doesn't look like it. Um, so one of them was the Mad Max uh, Athens Spring Weeklong in 2016, where we had to escort the war rig. And that went very badly, let me just tell you. So we... <sighs> Not only was the war rig just this giant cardboard and PVC contraption that was already flimsy to begin with, let alone having to have a bunch of people try and like, like roadie run with it as fast as they possibly could across campus, it was raining, just buckets and buckets of rain. So by the time we abandoned the war rig the first time, it was already half dismantled. It was just just mushy bits of black of black painted cardboard that was like slowly congealing on the sidewalk um because the the rig kept breaking down and yes obviously that was part of the mission but like it would break down and then we would hold and we get it up and then not three minutes later like we would go from one parking lot to another parking lot and it would break down again so we ended up bailing on it and then uh i believe ian who was the the head mob for that, he actually called me and was like, you need to get back here. There's no one here to finish this mission. And I'm like, fine. So I rallied what few humans I could. And uh, like we, we circled back around the building and uh, to where it had, quote, broken down the last time. And it wasn't fucking there. But the horde was. 
So we had to circle back around the other way of the building to run into Ian dragging this horribly mangled PVC contraption behind him as rain is still just pouring down on top of us. And we tried to fight it off. We tried to fight him off. And then I just remember someone jumping out of a bush and killing Gary right in front of me and me being like, nope, I'm done. I, nope, no, this, is, this is not going to happen. Most of the humans have bailed at this point. Like I was one of the few leadership people. Uh, it's, it's not happening. And so me and like two others, I think I only knew one of them. There was, and then there was just some rando uh, guy with a attack vest and whatnot, tall dude. Um, we took like a deep, deep south route to get back to our cars. So we could have just gone straight past Baker to get to Walter, but the horde was so dense and like spread out around this area that we went straight across, like through the golf courses all the way down to the Ohio River, skirted along the river, and then went back up across the bridge and over to Walter to get away from all the nonsense. Damn. And then my last one, it's not necessarily FUBAR, but it could have been if you, Tyler, hadn't been a good mod. So it was the Carnival game, YSU Falls 2016 week long, and it was a Wednesday mission. We had to find a bunch of blueprints for something. Well, Lisa and some other rando uh, were, quote, abducted and taken to the clicker tunnel where there was a clicker clown uh, in the tunnel. Uh, so, like, they had to be quiet, um, and the only way out was to put in a four- or five-digit code onto uh, onto an app that the uh, mod had, and that would allow them to escape. However, if they put in a wrong code, then an alarm would sound, and the clicker would, you know, try to attack them and try to kill them. Well, above the clicker tunnel was Alumni Circle, and... Um, Another mod, who will remain unnamed, decided to uh, chalk out a bunch of codes that we could choose from, one of which was correct, in order to release Lisa and the other guy and get the blueprints to continue the mission. Except for this mod, wrote down like 35 different codes in chalk. So I'm standing up at the top of Alumni, hollering down, you know, one code at a time, hoping that Lisa's putting them in, getting no feedback from her, like, because she can't yell to make any noise or anything. Uh, I think she texted me once or twice to be like, it's not working, it's getting closer, you know, something like that. But there were just so many codes that it, it would have been unwinnable. if By the time we had, we had assessed which code was the correct one, which one, like, guessed which one was, was accurate, they would have been dead, and then probably two more people would have had to go down and we would have had to try again or something. Like I, I remember turning to Tyler and being like, we cannot win this. I'm going down to Susie's and I'm going to have a hot dog and a beer. And then I'm rounding the corner of the rec center when I hear a bunch of cheering and I turn around and I walk back and Tyler, you had been like, yeah, you guys guessed the code. Here's the blueprints and Lisa and you are free and let's just keep on with the mission because otherwise... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember, like, it wasn't that bad. There were a lot of codes, um, but I think whoever was playing the clicker probably had instructions not to actually kill them just to make it tense. I don't remember. But I do remember that mission, and I do remember you trying to leave to go to Susie's, and I made fun of you for it. <laughs> I was just like, I, I did the math. 
I way I did that little the the white woman with the math calculations in her head, and I decided <laughs> that beer and hot dogs was a better usage of my time. That's fair. Okay. Any others? I think I'm good. I think I'm. Yeah. I mean. All right. Well, as my Midwestern dad would say, let's stick a fork in it and call it a day. Uh, from Five Minute Respawn, I'm Tyler. I think I'm Brain. I'm Scotty, and the phrase, it was like kissing my sibling, comes from the fact that when you kiss someone, you can actually sense their immune systems, and we are programmed to seek out immune systems that are different from ours so that we can create healthier offspring. And this has been your cursed factoid from 5-Minute Respawn. Have a good night, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.